Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Bad on Paper Podcast. I'm Becca Freeman. And I'm Olivia Mentor. And today we are preparing to go indoors as the weather gets colder, and we're talking all about TV and movie recommendations. Yes, I feel like we talk about this one-on-one a lot, so it's going to be fun. And we don't just have recommendations from our current watch list. We also have listener voicemails so that we're getting some broader perspectives, too. I'm excited to hear all the suggestions. Before we get into it, should we do some highs and lows? Yeah, tell me about your high. My high is... So it was my birthday last week on September 1st. I think it's kind of the combination of that and the end of summer, but I booked myself kind of all of my favorite pampering things, not on the same day, but just like across the last week. So I got a facial. I got a haircut. I cut like seven inches of my hair off. I got a very jazzy mani-pedi. I got my first nail art, which you can see on my Instagram, and I'm getting a massage. So I'm just very much in treating myself mode. You are glowing. You have a oh. a glow to you. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. That sounds like such a relaxing and probably much needed week. Well, I'm not really a birthday person in terms of like, I don't really want a birthday party. I feel uncomfortable being celebrated outside of, you know, like milestone birthdays, being like, pay attention to me. And I haven't really bought myself a present. So I was kind of like, what would make me happy? And I was like, oh, doing all these pampering things that I usually wouldn't do because of, you know, time or money. I was like, I'm just going to do them. Sounds perfect. Yeah. What's your high? My high is that this week is officially six months of no seamless, no Uber Eats, no food delivery. And that sounds really silly, maybe. But um, I really cannot emphasize enough how actually completely impossible this seemed to me at one point in my life. This was like my emotional crutch was this just feels, being able to, to order food this at any feels moment. so impossible to me at this current moment in my life. It was an adjustment. I will tell you that. And I think it only worked because we still go out to eat and we still allow ourselves to go walk and pick things up. But having said that, it really curbs the eating out habit in a very big way. So we have saved so much money. I'm sure. I've cooked more. It's just, I feel... Everyone was like, there's no way you can do it a year because that was the goal that I set back in March. And I think we're going to do it. And I'm I'm feeling pretty good. I feel like you have a lot of like willpower and stick to So I'm not surprised that you have done it. But the one thing that does surprise me is that when you and Jake both had COVID that you didn't cave. Yeah, <laughs> we didn't. It's That's true. I just realized that we did do Instacart, which we have done a couple of times just with traveling and stuff. It's helpful when you come back just to have your groceries waiting there. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, but we didn't. We stayed strong. Oh, man. I, I don't know how. But I'm so impressed by you. It's been worth it. I think some of our like go-to places probably think we have literally died. <laughs> they're probably like, well, they're gone, but it's been worth it. What about on the low side? The low side is that though I've saved money and not ordering Seamless. I, this month in particular, or I guess this, the past couple of weeks, am an online shopping menace. I cannot stop buying things. Becca, we'll see behind me. Oh, yeah. It's just piles of clothes. It's a problem. I Are, are I you shopping used, for anything in particular or just broadly? Just to me, I don't know. I think it's all emotional, which is weird because I feel pretty stable emotionally recently, but I've been trying to like really understand 
why I get that urge to add to cart because it really is like the same feeling that I sometimes get from food, which is like, okay, I need this to like get a momentary high or or comfort or whatever, which sometimes is of course fine. I think sometimes it really just is the emotional support shopping you need, but yeah, I I need to get it under control. (laughs) So I think next week I'm going to try to slow it down a little bit. I hope. I listened to this other podcast called Happier in Hollywood. And one of the hosts says that whenever she's very stressed and burnt out, one of her coping mechanisms is that she online shops for practical pants. And she knows that she's burnt out whenever she like starts, you know, just buying a lot of practical pants. Or I'm, I was just curious if you have a practical pants type item that you're shopping for. Or also, is this, are you going to keep all of this or is some of it getting returned? Some of it is getting returned. So I feel like there's a good balance. I've been doing a lot of free people shopping. Mm-hmm. That seems to be my sort of comfort space. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Maybe because all the items really do seem very soft. It's really all over the place. Wait till I tell you later what item is in that Amazon box behind me. That's a surprise. But okay, <laughs> I'll, tell you, I'll tell you after this. You wouldn't be able to guess it. I'll tell you that. I like a challenge. Tell me you're low. So I have a more serious low that is a little bit like dark. That's okay. Forewarning you. So I'm having a little bit of an existential crisis about my own mortality that is being brought on partially by my birthday. And I I fully see the irony based on how I answered somebody's question in our Q&A episode about turning 30 that like it's very ironic that I'm now having this. And it started off really benign. It started off as like something really silly because I, as writing procrastination, have been spending so much time on TikTok. And it started as just like, hey, you should be more conscious of how you spend your time because like your life is limited. And I don't think I'm going to be sitting on my deathbed being, man, wish I watched more TikToks. So it was just something that's been like swirling around in my head and kind of like a low stakes, silly way that wasn't really stressing me out, but was just like, Hey, my birthday's coming around. I'm thinking about this. And then I found out this week that somebody I know who is a similar age to me passed away suddenly. And they were a phenomenal person. And I feel terrible for, for all of their close friends and family. I also feel shook by this. I feel like completely shook because it's an added layer, you know, just taking this loss and making it about myself that like, oh my God, I'm of an age where sometimes my peers get sick and then die. And I don't think I've ever known anyone in my age group who's died suddenly of a health issue just out of the blue, not like a prolonged battle with cancer. We saw this coming or I don't know. And it just scared the living shit out of me. Yeah. Well, first of all, I'm so sorry. We talked about this a little bit before, but it's terrible. And I also think as someone who has health anxiety, and we've talked about this before, that kind of thing, hearing someone who is relatively young get sick and pass away is incredibly triggering. So I don't know if you feel that way, but that tends to make me spiral too. But I'm not spiraling about my own health necessarily. I feel like I'm spiraling about 
the idea that like you don't know how much time you have left. And even though like the average life expectancy in the U.S. is, I don't know what, like 80, 83, you're not guaranteed that time. And, it, you know, I feel like I'm operating on a life principle of, OK, I have time. And it's like, what if I don't have time? And I feel like that's just really scaring me mm. about what I still want to do in my life. And I don't know. Yeah. You know, the only thing that's ever like gotten me out of my own head and been like, just do the thing or book the trip or wear the whatever is just the realization that you might not get another chance to do it. So it does push you to, as you said earlier, just be very YOLO because, I mean, ain't it it the truth? (laughs) Yeah. So that's me. I'm still processing this. We'll see if I now go make a lot of really rash decisions. (laughs) Well, I'll support you either way. Thank you. Shall we take an ad break before heading into some lighter territory and talking about TV? Yes, let's. Anyone who knows me knows I am on a constant, ever-evolving journey to assess which everyday habits work for me and which don't. It's why I've cut back on mindless TV watching recently and why my husband and I gave up ordering delivery earlier this year like I just talked about. But the thing that I've learned about habit changes is that they only really work if they're actually sustainable. In other words, giving up eating out for the rest of the year, that would have been totally overwhelming. But a smaller adjustment? Doable. This is why I think HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, is such a good option for finding ways to cut back on unnecessary food costs. So I think a lot of us are looking for ways to save some money. And in fact, HelloFresh is 25% less expensive than takeout and is even cheaper than grocery shopping. I know I'm not the only one who's made grand plans to cook all week and then slowly but surely let the ingredients sit in my fridge and go bad. And I hate wasting food and money this way. And HelloFresh ensures this never happens. And I love that it pushes me out of my recipe comfort zone. For instance, this week I made firecracker meatballs, which are these like kind of spicy, like not traditionally Italian meatballs. And they were so good. I picked them because they were a Hall of Fame recipe. So I felt like it was like had good ratings from other people. And it's something I never would have thought to make myself. And cooking something new is never intimidating with HelloFresh because of their step-by-step photo instructions. HelloFresh works for your schedule. Plans are flexible and you can change your meal preferences, update your delivery day, and even change your address with just a few taps on the HelloFresh app. And hey, maybe you're like me and you don't struggle with cooking dinner, but instead you never have any idea what to make for lunch, breakfast, or snacks. I struggle with that so much. The good news is that HelloFresh has options for those meals too, and even desserts. So if you're looking for ways to save money on groceries in a way that makes your day-to-day life easier too... Go to HelloFresh.com slash BOP16 and use code BOP16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Again, that's HelloFresh.com slash BOP16 and use code BOP16 for 16 free meals across seven boxes and three free gifts. Let's dive into all things TV and movies. I think this is going to be a fun departure from all the book content we've been doing lately. And I'm, I'm excited to hear your picks and everyone else's picks too. I also recently always feel like I have nothing to watch. So I am excited to just build myself a huge list for fall. Yeah, same. Oh, and get cozy. It'll be great. 
So tell me, what have been some of your recent favorites? What have been things that you've been watching recently that you recommend? So I will preface all of this by saying that I feel like I say my favorite things and then I inevitably forget something very important that I remember way after. I feel like I should keep a running list. But the things that came to mind immediately that I've watched this year and really loved are Yellow Jackets. I don't, did you watch? I think it's too scary for you. (laughs) I think it's too scary for me too. It was actually surprising that I liked it because it centers around a girl's soccer team uh, who is on a plane. The plane crashes, then they have to survive in the wilderness. Um, They survive, but there's a lot of... Anyway, Melanie Linsky is in it. Christina Ricci, is that her name? Mm -hmm. Uh, Incredible acting performances. Really kind of creepy and scary, which I love. But anyway, it's great. The other one is Severance, which I don't know if you actually ever finished watching. You said you started it. I did. I started it and I was really skeptical. The Mm -hmm. first episode is just so much of Adam Scott walking down halls. Like it is probably (laughs) a solid 10 minutes of Adam Scott walking down halls. And I was like, we get it. We get it. It's an acquired taste, I think. But the further I got, the deeper in I got. And by the last two or three episodes, I was just... I was so in. I'm really excited for the next season. I think it's very universally appealing if you give it a chance. Yes. I feel like if I need something to watch with my partner who's different taste or like I need something to watch with my parents or the holidays, like I think anyone could get into this, like not too scary or too sexy. Or, I don't know. It's, it's, it's just a good TV show, but yeah. And it's suspenseful. Yeah. But the first few episodes, I was not sold. Oh, yeah. I think. I would suggest giving at least three or maybe even four episodes, but then you're hooked. And I think Adam Scott is probably going to win an Emmy for it. That's my prediction. You heard it here first. I also really liked Under the Banner of Heaven with Andrew Garfield. I knew the story because I had briefly read the book or read part of the book and just being like a true crime follower, I knew about it. But Mostly I love the show because Andrew Garfield's performance is so incredible. He's just such a good actor. I forget until I see him in something like this. And I was just wowed week after week. And then lighter show. So I don't really have anything to add about that show because I haven't watched it and have no plans to. But I did just find out this week via TikTok that Andrew Garfield is British, which I did not know. What? <laughs> How did you not know that? I don't know. I Yeah, he is British. He's just seems like a very lovely person. Like, I would love to just, I don't know, go grocery shopping with him or something and just kind of chill. Is it weird that I feel like I think Emma Stone just seems like a great person, so I trust anyone that she dated to be a good person? Yeah, I think that's a fair assessment. I I don't think it's a fair fair assessment. assessment. I think it's a really weird, wild, logical jump to make about somebody I don't know, but, like, that's how I feel. But I feel it. I feel like it's a gut instinct. Like there are some celebrities you just know are nice and some you're like, they would make me cry almost immediately. And I feel like they're in the nice, they're in the nice bucket. Yeah. Finally, a lighter show, Starstruck. I loved it. It was funny. It was kind of weird and just heartwarming, warm and cozy. I love this one. And I also like the main character too. Like she's... Mm -hmm kind of messy and she's not like a bombshell but she's dating this actor like I just I think it's something that's so different than a lot of what you see on TV yeah yeah for those that don't know it's like a real person famous person romantic comedy Mm -hmm. 
it was very interesting to see like a, I don't want to say normal looking because she's beautiful, obviously, but not like, you know, like you said, bombshell. Well, that's the premise of the show, too. The conceit of the show is that she is a normal looking, normal person, not a Hollywood starlet. It was just, it made me feel good and it was so funny and I laughed and Jake liked it too. But it also made me think, why couldn't this happen? Like, why is my instinct to think this is never a possibility and to like challenge that a bit? So I think there was like a deeper element to it as well as just being really funny. Mm -hmm. I'm curious what is on your list of things that you want to watch. Okay, so I have a couple true crime docuseries that I'm really curious to watch one of which is coming out tonight when we're recording that's the army hammer docuseries on discovery plus have you seen the trailer for this Becca? no i didn't even know this was happening oh oh yeah his aunt is like a main person in it apparently his family is like deeply fucked up i know that is this about the cannibal stuff or what is this about yes it's about all of it oh okay it's about like the dark family history kind of leading up to why he is the way he is. They interview people he had relationships with. There's voicemails from him or voice recordings. And let me tell you, just watch the trailer. It will. Okay. It is. I'm just hearing his voice playing in my head as I'm talking about this. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. Anyway, I'm really looking forward to watching it, although a little scared. The other true crime one that I'm looking forward to watching is Sins of Our Mother. It's about the Lori Vallow case uh it's a docuseries on netflix she was like a somewhere out west she's very typically beautiful sort of suburban housewife who somehow her and her husband were convinced to kill multiple people and then including her children oh god very dark but the case is extremely fucked up but it should be interesting i if you're into true crime and then two other shows one is the i think it's called the patient with Steve Carell. Have you heard of this? Oh, yes. I've seen. I think I saw a preview for that. Yeah, it's on Hulu. And I think it has to do with a serial killer and or a hostage situation. <laughs> but I've heard good things. And then also the thing I keep seeing absolutely everywhere are all the Nathan Fielder shows. Have you seen this? I've seen a lot of people talking about what's his like sitcom one. There's one that's called The Rehearsal, but I don't know if that's a sitcom. Because the other one's Nathan for you, which is like a stand-up right. one, right? Yeah. Kind of? I'm not sure. Someone tried to explain to me, and I was like, I don't get it, and it does not sound appealing, but yet everyone loves it. So it's one of those things that maybe I would be convinced if I watched it. Anyway, it's on the list. Okay. Let's take a few listener voicemails and hear what our listeners are recommending. Hi, girls. I'm calling to tell you about a show that slipped under the radar. My name's Megan. I'm an artist in D.C. The show's called Trying. It's British rom-com meets adorable. It's amazing. I feel like no one's talking about it, and I'm completely confused as to why. Anyways, love the podcast. Thanks. Bye. Buy that on paper. This is Catherine. I'm calling in to recommend foreign TV shows as your cozy recommendation for the fall. I started getting into foreign TV shows during COVID while I was kind of tired of a lot of the content out there and was easily distracted. I find that this kind of TV is different. It's engaging because I actually have to like put my phone down and just like so fun. So 
top two recommendations would be Crash Landing on You, which is a Korean drama that is such great characters, so fun and light while having a large catalog to really dive into. And the second one I would recommend is Call My Agent, which is a French show about a bunch of you know, actors and actresses' agents trying to, to corral their clients. Uh, thanks so much. I hope that helps. Excited to listen to the episode. Hi, ladies. This is Andrea Reynolds calling in from Toronto. First, I just wanted to say I absolutely love this podcast and I'm learning so much. I especially liked your How a Book Gets Made series, so thank you for that. All right, TV shows. One that I'd love to recommend for this audience is Valeria, which is on Netflix, at least here in Canada. Valeria is a super cute show about an aspiring romance novelist whose own marriage leaves something to be desired. The show focuses on Valeria and her friends, who all have their own issues in the romance department, as well as Valeria's new friendship with a gorgeous guy who gives her inspiration when she needs it most. It's in Spanish, so I had to watch with subtitles on, but it's hilarious and sexy and fun, and I highly recommend it. Thanks. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name's Ray. I've been listening for a few years now. My TV recommendation is a show called Minx on HBO Max. I feel like this one didn't get a ton of hype, and it did get picked up for season two, so I won't be breaking anybody's hearts if they start it and uh, want to keep watching. But basically, I watched it because I was a huge New Girl fan and by default a big fan of Jake Johnson. So he is one of the stars. And it's about this woman who goes to, it's in the, it takes place in the 70s, and she graduates from a liberal arts school. She grows up very privileged, but she dreams of being a big-time journalist and starting her own magazine. And so when none of the men who she's pitching to take her seriously, she teams up with Jake Johnson's character, who is the publisher of porno magazines uh, for men, but they team up to make a porn magazine for women. So that she can kind of sneakily make her feminist magazine uh, of dreams. So it's really cute, subverted a lot of my expectations of what a show like this could be. Um, and yeah, so thanks, guys. Hi, Beck and Olivia. It's Virginia calling from Brooklyn with a couple TV show recommendations. The first is Everything I Know About Love on Peacock. It's the TV show adaptation of Dolly Alderton's memoir of the same name. It's a great look at being young, trying to figure out your life, making mistakes, falling in love, but most importantly, friendship. The next show is It Is My Mission in Life to Get Everyone to Watch, and that is What We Do in the Shadows on FX, streaming on Hulu. It was originally a movie from about 10 years ago set in New Zealand, starring and created by Taika Waititi and Jemaine Clement, who also are involved in the TV show. It is a mockumentary-style comedy set in Staten Island following the lives of four vampire roommates and their familiar Guillermo. They were sent to the continent to conquer North America, and yet they're so incompetent, all they've managed to do is conquer two blocks of Staten Island. It is an absolutely absurd and hilarious show. The vampires are ridiculous. Guillermo steals the show, and you may recognize his voice because the actor Harvey Guillen was actually in Becca's podcast, Bone Mary Berry. 
the show is perfect going into the fall. There are four seasons and it's great for spooky season since it follows vampires and their hijinks around Staten Island. That's all I have for now. Bye. I am very curious because I have not seen any of these. I'm especially intrigued by everything I know about love, which I didn't realize was made into a show. And I'm very curious about what that looks like. Yeah, that sounds great. I also am a huge Jake Johnson fan because I find New Girl to be one of the funniest shows ever. So I'm going to have to add that to the list as well. That actually was the most compelling case for that show that I've seen so far. I know everyone's loved it and I don't know why I haven't watched it. but Just I'm... Jake Johnson's presence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Say, say no more. That's all I need. I'm pretty deep into New Girl TikTok for whatever reason. I just get served a lot of it and it's delightful. I think it's one of the funniest, best written shows on TV. Oh my gosh. We rewatched it during the pandemic. Jake had never seen it. It is hilarious. Like I know. I laugh out loud every episode. And it makes me feel so good. Also, the scene in the hallway, the kiss scene. Mm-hmm. I mean, what is better than that? It's just iconic. Or maybe it's the elevator I'm thinking of. Maybe it's both. Anyway, love it. Let's take a quick ad break. Let's take a second to talk about Pros, the world's most personalized hair care. I have officially been using Pros for a few months now, and one of the things that I want to highlight right now is just how good it smells. And yes, I have talked about this before. We've talked about the Corsica scent, which we love, but the thing that I think makes it a little bit different is that the scent actually lingers in my hair. As in, when someone goes in to hug me, they always say, wow, your hair smells so good. And it always gives me such a confidence boost. It makes me feel that much more put together. You know, in books, when girls are described as having really good smelling hair, it's the pros. Yes, always. It's the pros. Always. <laughs> yeah, I, I love the smell. And that's just an added bonus to how good pros makes my hair look and feel. So as everyone knows, I've been using pros for a few years now, and I've just consistently experienced fuller, healthier, shinier hair. And this week, I went and lopped off like six inches of hair and probably for the first time, it wasn't a forced choice because my hair was like so dead and split endy at the end. It was purely a style choice. And I don't know if anyone else gets that, but it felt pretty major to me. I'm right there with you. I have gotten so many questions lately on Instagram about what I've been doing differently with my hair or people requesting styling instructions. And honestly, it always kind of makes me laugh because I really spend next to no time styling my hair. The only thing I've really changed lately is that I've been using pros consistently. It truly does make a visible difference in my opinion. The biggest difference I've noticed is volume. I'm able to go longer between washes and my hair feels bouncier and fuller than it has in the past. And since everyone's formula is customized, you can tell them what you want to achieve about your hair. So it's not one size fits all. It addresses your particular concerns. So Pros is the healthy hair care regimen with your name all over it. Take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order today. Go to pros.com slash B-O-P. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash B-O-P for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. Again, that's pros.com slash B-O-P for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off. So, Becca, tell me what you have been watching and loving lately. Okay. So I fell into such a rabbit hole last weekend watching Partner Track on Netflix. Have you seen this one? I've just seen bits and pieces of the trailer, maybe. 
So it's about an Asian American woman who is a lawyer at a white shoe law firm and is trying to become partner. She's 29 in the show, so it feels very relatable in terms of life stage. The show is kind of part a procedural where there's different cases that they're working on every week, but then there's elements that are overriding. So she has like this group of three friends at the firm who she like gossips with. She's in a love triangle between this guy that she meets and then another lawyer at the firm. It's like my perfect show, kind of. It sounds kind of soothing. It is soothing. And it's not that the show itself is perfect. It's just that it's exactly what I want in a TV show. Okay. There's love. There's career and ambition. There's friend drama. It like very much speaks to me. Also, it is a very good fashion show for like work outfits. Okay, that makes a difference. So I'm very into that. I also, have you watched Loot on Apple Plus? No, I don't think I've ever heard of that, actually. So it is basically a thinly veiled show about Mackenzie Bezos. So it's Maya Rudolph who plays the ex-wife of a billionaire. After they get divorced, which like she doesn't really see coming, she goes to actually work for her charitable foundation that she's had and has been like very hands off. And, you know, it's Maya Rudolph. So it's like a very funny show. It's like through a very comedic lens. It's great. I, I don't know how that flew under my radar because it sounds like something I'd like. Yeah, I wasn't sure what I thought of it at first. It, it like took a little bit of time to find its footing, but I really liked it. And it's like a ragtag work comedy with like this weird group of people who are thrown together who wouldn't normally be friends. But then it also has very, very 1% angle of she's so opulently wealthy in the show. It's a running joke that David Chang is her personal chef. (laughs) Oh, I do love David Chang. So that was very good. I also was so delighted by the third season of Never Have I Ever. Have you watched this? I've never seen the show. Oh, it's so cute. So it's Mindy Kaling and Lang Fisher created the show together. And it's about an Indian American teenager who the first season starts going into her sophomore year and she's a loser at school. And so she goes in and her goal the first season is that she wants to lose her virginity to the hottest guy in school. And, you know, it's kind of like her misguided attempts to be popular. And it's so funny. The writing is so, so good. It's narrated by John McEnroe. It's like unexpected in a lot of ways. Okay. Yeah, that is unexpected. But it's also in the third season. It stayed good. Like the first season was so wonderful. And I almost was like, oh, God, I I have a lot of anxiety about what the second season will be. And the second season was great. And the third season stayed great. So Hmm. if you've been sleeping on that and you like teen TV shows, it's not overly sweet. Like it's, it's very funny. Okay. Highly recommend. Then I'm very excited to talk about this. This show comes out this week, I think. I think it comes out September 7th. I got a screener of Tell Me Lies on Hulu, and I watched the first three episodes. Oh, we're all going to get wrecked. (laughs) This is based on the book by Carol Lovering. We have an ad for it next week. This is, like, not at all incentivized. It, oh, God. It was really funny. I watched it with Rachel. And for the first episode, she, like, kind of hated it. And at the end, I was like, do you want to keep watching? Like, it doesn't seem like you are enjoying this. And she was like, I hate it because it's all so true. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm, I haven't watched quite yet. I do have the screener. I'm a little scared because <laughs> yeah, I just read like, the book. It's 
it's set in the mid 2000s. It's about college aged woman who gets involved in a very toxic relationship with a guy who's gaslighting her. And yeah, I it's tragically relatable. Okay. No to me. While I was watching, I kept having this thought. I kept wondering, I was like, what will Gen Z think of this? Is Gen Z because it's set in, in the mid 2000s mm-hmm. and I feel like it's very relatable to me in terms of the music and the cell phones and the clothes that they had and just like everything was like, I'm like, oh my God, blast in the past. But I'm like, is Gen Z going to be like, you guys are such idiots. Why would you be with this guy or are they going to get it too? I don't know. That's a great question. I would be wondering the same thing. And then I also brought two shows that I've talked about as obsessions in the past, but I just want to plug again because I've enjoyed them so much. So the first one's 10%, which is the British remake of Call My Agent. And I feel like this one flew under the radar, but I feel like it was just so, the pace was so good. It had such great guest stars and it really, it was great. And then the other one is The Bear. I just don't want to be friends with anyone who hasn't watched The Bear. I I watched The Bear, I think a couple weeks ago with Jake. We basically watched it in one sitting. It goes by so fast. It's so good. He Jake pointed out that the main guy looks like a muscular sloth. And now okay. it is literally all I can see. But also, I put that on my stories and everyone was like, okay, well, then I'm attracted to a muscular sloth. And I was like, okay, I'm not I'm with judging them. you. I'm with you as well. But <laughs> it was like 10 messages like that. But it is a great show. Let's hear a few more listener voicemails. Hello, Becca and Olivia. This is a submission for your Indoor Kid episode. As I am indeed an Indoor Kid, this felt like my time to shine, especially because she's a basic bee and she loves all things fall. Um, My go-to is to eat a lot of candy corn, and I realize that that is very divisive. (laughs) People have strong opinions about candy corn, but I am a freak and I love it. And I love rewatching Gilmore Girls. Again, I said I was basic. You had that as a prereq. Um, and it does mildly horrify me that I realized, thanks to TikTok, that Lorelai Gilmore is indeed my same age. And she has a full-grown human uh, daughter, and I do not. But, you know, it still it still holds up. It still slaps. It just makes you feel so cozy, um, brings back all the lovely memories of Gilmore Girls' fun, and makes you want to go to New England and leave peep. So that is my favorite fall watch. And I look forward to the coziest episode ever. Thanks. Hi, this is Erica, and I'm calling in with an underrated gem. I wouldn't normally recommend a sci-fi pick to this audience, but since you guys love Project Hail Mary, I think you'd love the TV series The Expanse. It's a complete series, six seasons, all available on Amazon Prime, and the seasons are only 10 to 13 episodes, so it's not a big commitment. And it was, like, critically acclaimed but didn't get a ton of hype. It's set in the future where we've colonized space, and there are three major political players, Earth and the Moon, a.k.a. Luna, a military-industrialized Mars, and then the outer planets. So in Season 1, Earth and Mars are on the brink of war, and the daughter of a super-powerful guy has gone missing under mysterious circumstances. So a ragtag group of reluctant heroes are roped into trying to solve her disappearance slash rescue her without pushing either the rebels or the superpowers into war. I recommend it for the found family trope, solid suspense, several strong, well-rounded female leads, political intrigue, and also unpacking colonization and exploitation of research-rich nations. So 
pretty grounded and relevant stuff for a space show. Also, I think that the lead, Stephen Street, is seriously underrated eye candy, and I will die on that hill. It's originally based on a book series, and each season follows one book. So if you liked Project Hail Mary, give The Expanse on Prime a chance. Okay, thanks, guys. Have a good one. Hey, Becca and Olivia, y'all have got to watch Love Island UK, and specifically the UK version. I recommend it to everybody. It is just the best, most entertaining dumpster fire to watch ever. (laughs) Um, Basically, it's like The Bachelor when The Bachelor was at its highest, but I can't even compare it to that because it's just so different and good. I like the diversity of the people that they cast, as well as all of the accents. You can start with season seven. It just came out. There's a bunch of episodes. So if you're looking for a good binge, this is it. I also highly recommend watching all of the previous seasons. You'll thank me later. Okay, so I have a TV question for you, which is, are you going to watch the new Game of Thrones? Slash, have you watched the new Game of Thrones? So... I started to. I watched the first 20 minutes of the first episode. So you missed the worst part. Yes, I don't know what it is, but I I did miss it. We did get one listener voicemail about this show. Hi, Becca and Olivia. I'm Monica. I love the podcast and I look forward to it every week. I recommend House of the Dragon. It's the prequel to the Game of Thrones out on HBO. It's amazing. Have a great day. I don't know if I'm going to watch it kind of where I came down is like, I don't need another Game of Thrones. I'm not like, wow, this is my favorite type of show. I'll watch anything in this vein. So I kind of want to give it five or six episodes and see if other people are like nuts over it. And then if they are, I'll watch it too. But so far, what I've heard from friends is that the first two episodes have kind of been slow and a lot of setup. And when I watched it, I just like, I found myself on my phone. Like I didn't care to pay close enough attention that I needed to to even figure out who everyone was. So I'm conflicted. Do you want to try to convince me? No, because we watched the first episode and I don't think we'll be watching anymore. What struck me about the first episode was... Because of something that was so scarring or because you just didn't vibe with it? Both. Both. I mean, Game of Thrones ended before the pandemic, right? Mm, I think so. And I feel like something in me is broken now where I can't take that level of violence anymore Mm. (laughs) after the last three years. Like, it's not that I need lighter content, but it was so I was prepared for a scene that was disturbing. And like, I'm not easily grossed out or anything, but it was so graphic and violent and traumatic that it honestly and, and over the top and prolonged that I was like. I thought I was prepared for it and it was so jarring. And then plus, I also felt like how you felt that I just didn't care and wasn't following the names and the accents and the uh, all of it. So I, I think I won't be watching. I think I won't. Okay. I just didn't. I think my soul can't take it anymore. <laughs> Can we also talk about something on the other side of the spectrum? Have you watched Virgin River? Uh, yes. I haven't watched the most recent season, but I love it. I think, okay, I'm very curious now. I think I'm going to give up on it. I watched the first episode of this season. I so... It is so bad. ...truly enjoyed seasons one through three. And I feel like it might be a show that I enjoyed in the pandemic because I didn't have a life and I was just so desperate for new TV. 
But I watched the first two episodes of this season and I was like, this is a garbage fire. You know, I feel like people were like, it's so bad, it's good. And they were like, we should just lean into that and make it even worse. And and it's like, maybe, it maybe. So, it- I don't even understand how it has the amount of money behind it. It does because, you know, it's like one of the number one streams shows on Netflix. It is. And it, it can't be better. Get better writers. Like, figure it out. I strongly believe that this is a show that should have come out in February. Like, mm. it should come out in the darkest part of winter yes. when you're like, Absolutely. I'm not leaving my house. It's cold. I will watch anything. Like, that is when I could get into Virgin River. It came out in July. I was like, I have better things to do than yeah. watch these people. Also, this season, in the season premiere, I think, somebody says something. They allude to the fact that this entire show has taken place in less than a year. Like, they're like, do you remember when Mel moved here one year ago? And you're like, what? Oh like, my why, God. Are you, why are all the townspeople not up in arms about the amount of random violent crime in this town that's happened within a year? <laughs> I mean, I'll be honest. I watch it mainly just for Jack, just, just sure, to sure. look at him. But I just feel like it's not that complicated to make it, it decent. And they just don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I feel like it wasn't decent before either, and we all liked it, and now... But it, but it has gotten know. worse. Like, the first okay. season was, like, this is cheesy Hallmark whatever with, yeah. like, a beautiful scenery, beautiful man. And then it was, like, plot lines that I've... Ne- just focusing on the worst actors in the entire mm-hmm. show somehow. It, too much. You know what else I want to talk about in TV? I found out recently that there is an adaptation coming in October of The Luckiest Girl Alive by Jessica Knoll, yes. starring Mila Kunis. Yes. Did you read that book? I love the book. Yes. I just read it in the past year and I loved it. I have not read the book, but I've heard great things from thriller lovers. Mm-hmm. I know Grace really loved it. Yeah, I think you'd like it, actually, maybe. I'm very excited about the TV show. Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I mean, Mila Kunis is great. Let's take another chunk of voicemails. Hi, Becca and Olivia. I hope this falls into the hidden gem. I want to recommend Six Feet Under on HBO Max. So it's about 20 years old, and I was too young for it when it first aired. It's one of the best shows I've ever seen. After Game of Thrones ended a couple years ago and fans were in upheaval over its conclusion, I repeatedly saw that Six Feet Under's series finale was one of the best ever made. So I set out to watch the show from beginning to end. It's a dramedy featuring the best dysfunctional family, dark humor, compelling character arcs, and a tender glimpse into the funeral business. Even when the stories inevitably lag a bit over the show's five seasons, knowing that the finale would wrap the story up in a bow kept me going, and it did not disappoint. I was sobbing at the final scene with satisfaction and grief at the series' conclusion. So on that note, if there are any other groundbreaking shows that I was too young for the first time around that you'd recommend, please share. Watching Six Feet Under was, pardon the pun, a really fun undertaking. Thanks. Hi, this is Nora from Brooklyn. I wanted to call and leave a recommendation for A League of Their Own, the new Amazon Prime TV series based on the movie from 1992, I believe. It's incredible. If you like the movie, you're going to like the show even more. It's Abby Jacobson from Broad City and Darcy Carden from The Good Place and a lot of other amazing actresses. Basically, it's a girls' baseball team from the 1940s. And I'll just leave it at that. It's feel good. It's dramatic. It's funny. It's inspirational sports movie. 
and the clothes are amazing. So enjoy. I hope everyone has a great rest of their summer and happy fall. Thank you. Hi, Olivia and Becca. My name is Amy, and I'm a longtime Bad on Paper podcast listener. I just wanted to call in and share a show with y'all. I have been watching Abbott Elementary on Hulu. It was on ABC last fall and is coming back for season two starting in September. But I just thought it was the funniest little show. Um, it's short little episodes, and it kind of follows teachers in this elementary school and it's shot kind of office style, and I just really enjoyed it as a teacher. I found it really funny, but I also think that non-teachers would enjoy it too, plus the episodes are only about 20 minutes long, and it's definitely laugh-out-loud funny. So you can watch that on Hulu, and then starting in September, they're going to have a second season. So definitely recommend checking out Abbott Elementary. Thanks so much. Bye. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name is Jess. I absolutely love your podcast. Thank you so much for everything you do each week. I am calling about my ultimate comfort show, The Great British Bake Off. So this is a reality baking competition, and I use the word competition very lightly as this show is pretty much the antithesis to the American reality cooking show. There's no cash prize, and all in all, everybody's just really happy to be there. I can't express how much of a delight this show is. The bakers are charming. The hosts are super hilarious and laugh out loud funny. Overall, it's just pretty much the perfect, soothing, low stakes show that'll get you in the mood for cozy season. And also you get a little bit of inspiration for your cozy season baking, which is a win in my book. It's been airing for, I believe, 12 seasons. The newest one is airing in the UK on September 13th and I think should be on Netflix right around the same time, but all the old seasons are there. So yeah, check it out. Thanks, ladies. So what intrigued me here is that I did not actually know that A League of Their Own was a TV show. The remake was a TV show, not a movie. Yeah, I've heard it's good. I had not heard anything about it. And I brought this up to Rachel last night at dinner because I was like, oh, we got a voicemail for this episode that we're doing. And they said that A League of Their Own was really good because she's a huge fan of the movie. And she's like, oh, yeah, I binged it in one day. And I was like, oh, I thought nobody was talking about it because it was so bad that we were just like, we will collectively forget. The press, I feel like, has been not much for that at all. I haven't heard a thing. Yeah, me either. Except for my friend who was like, you should watch this. But yeah. I think I might watch it this weekend. Do it. I'm also a huge fan of Bake Off. I love it so much. It is the best part of my year. I just thought I'd add. Are you a Bake Off person? No, I'm not a reality TV person in general. Okay. Bake Off feels like it's an elite. No, but it's had a league of its own. But yeah, it's so, so, so soothing. If you ever need something. Should we flip gears and talk about movies? Yes. I thought it was very interesting that we got much fewer recommendations for movies. Do you prefer movies or TV? I watch much more TV than I do movies, but I don't know if I would mm-hmm. say I prefer it. I think maybe my attention span is shorter mm-hmm. or I'm pickier with movies, maybe. What about you? I really relate to that meme where it's like a two hour movie and then it's like a face of somebody scoffing and it's like a 10 hour TV show. Like, bring it on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. <laughs> what have you seen lately and loved? I only have one recommendation. So, have you watched Not Okay with Zoe Deutsch on Hulu? No. Okay. I am very curious to, I think you would like this. Okay. So it's a satire about 
a like the worst kind of millennial stereotype woman who works at a kind of fake Refinery29 esque online publication. None of her coworkers like her. She decides to pretend that she got into a writer's residency in Paris. And all of this is like, I think it's told in the first like five minutes, so I'm not giving you spoilers. She decides to pretend that she got into this writer's residency in Paris, and then there's a terrorist attack on Paris. And so everyone misinterprets that like she was there when this happened. And so she gets like swept up into this news story pretending that she was there. Oh, wow. It's very good. It is very interesting about influencer culture, millennials in general. Oh, I would love to watch this. I thought it was very well done. Okay, cool. I It sounds like something I'd like. I honestly couldn't think of another movie that I would recommend from recently. I do want to see, oh, I'm going to see Top Gun tonight, which I'm just so curious about. I've heard everyone loves it. Haven't heard a single bad thing. No, which honestly, shocker of my life. <laughs> like everybody and across generations, gender, yes. like everyone's like, this is the best thing ever. I'm ready. I'm ready to see like three months late what everyone else has been just so bowled over by. And the other thing I really want to see, but it's not playing anywhere. It was playing in rural Maine and I didn't see it, but then I can't <laughs> find a theater in New York City playing it. I really want to see Vengeance, the new BJ Novak movie. Oh, have you I, heard about this? I was just randomly looking at BJ Novak's Instagram the other day, which is the only reason why I know about it, but I don't know what it's about. So I'm tell me. Okay, so I think this is also something that's in our Venn diagram. So it's about he plays this guy who is like casually dating a woman and she dies and he gets invited to her funeral because she like oversold the nature of their relationship to her family and he decides that it would be like rude not to go. So he goes and then he like finds out that something suspicious was going on. So he starts a true crime podcast to like get to the bottom of how she died. Oh my gosh, that sounds great. So I'm very intrigued by that. It sounds very good. Oh, you know what else I'm very intrigued by? What? The Weird Al movie. Have you seen the previews for this? Why am I thinking that Daniel Radcliffe? That feels... Yes, okay. that's correct. I, my brain was like Daniel Radcliffe and my body was like, that's not right. <laughs> no, it is right. It <laughs> okay, is right. Okay, okay. Um, no, I haven't seen much except for one, obviously, piece of information saying that Daniel Radcliffe is Weird Al. <laughs> It's coming out on the Roku channel, which we don't know what that is. Immediately, um, no. <laughs> in November. So it's like direct to streaming. Okay. And I just, I can't tell how serious or not serious it is, but I am going to watch it. I, report back, please. What about you? What have you brought to, to the table? Okay. So my favorite movie that I've watched recently, I am so passionate about. It's called Good Luck to You, Leo Grand. It is starring... Emma Thompson. She is a a widow. She's in her 60s, I believe, who has never had an orgasm. And she hires a male sex worker and they sort of develop this friendship over time. It is incredible. It's an incredible movie. It was perfect in every way to me. I, I watched it twice in one week. It's so good. I'm so glad to have this reminder because I meant to watch this and I die for Emma Thompson and I totally forgot. So this is going towards the top of my list of things to prioritize after this episode. It's funny. It's heartwarming. It made me think about so many things. It's, oh my God, it's so good. I think you'll love it. 
Another one that's sort of random that I watched recently on a plane was The Unbearable Weight of Massive Talent, which is the Nicolas Cage movie where he plays himself. Have you seen this? No, I almost saw it in theaters and then I didn't. Where did you net out? Oh, my gosh. So Jake and I were watching it on a plane and we probably haven't had a glass of wine, but we were laughing so hard that the flight attendant was like, what are you watching? (laughs) But it's so ridiculous and different than anything else I've ever seen that I really enjoyed it. It's not perfect, but I think it's worth watching if you like Nicolas Cage. Okay. Or just slightly weird stuff. Okay. Shall we hear a few listener voicemails? Yeah. Hi, Olivia and Becca. One film that really I can't stop thinking about from 2021 is called The Last Duel. And definitely check any trigger warnings before watching it. But basically, it's based off of a true story back in medieval times and tells the story of an event that happened from three different perspectives throughout the movie. And I think it's very interesting to see what it looks like from a woman's perspective and two different men's perspectives. And I think it's a really great watch. So thanks. Hi, Becca and Olivia. My name is Emily and I am calling with a movie recommendation. I recently watched Cha-Cha Real Smooth. It's on Apple TV Plus. And it was so good. It's about this boy named Andrew who he's like fresh out of college and has moved back in with his parents and doesn't really have a plan for his life. And then he gets a job as a party starter at bar mitzvahs in his neighborhood. And through that, he meets and befriends and sort of strikes up this complicated relationship with this woman named Domino and her teenage daughter named Lola, who has autism. Probably the most recognizable person in the movie is Dakota Johnson, who plays Domino, and I think she's so good in this. And it just was the best. It's, like, wholesome and heartwarming and just such a pleasant viewing experience. And I haven't really heard many people talking about it. So wanted to call in and recommend. I really loved it. It made me laugh. It made me cry. (laughs) And I hope you watch. That's it. Love the podcast. Thanks. Bye. I'm very intrigued by the pitch for Cha-Cha Real Smooth. I Same. I have some questions, but I'm intrigued. It kind of reminds me of The Wedding Singer, which I don't know at all if that's what it's like, but I'm hoping. The juxtaposition of that and The Last Duel, which is like one of the most over-the-top dark movies I think I've ever seen. I didn't know it was a true story. Have you seen The Last Duel, Becca? Don't know anything about it outside of what I've just heard in this voicemail. I think you would hate it, but I. (laughs) (laughs) It's uh, Adam Driver's in it, so I mean, there's that. Should we get out of these recommendations and get into some obsessions? Sure. Tell me what you're obsessed with. I'm obsessed with sweat shorts. I'm having a real sweat shorts moment. I have a pair behind me in my pile of clothing. So I came back from Maine and. All of my friends had these really cute matching pajama sets. And so Mm. I I bought online a lot of like matching set things. All of them were dumpy as hell. I like did not find anything worth recommending. But I did get some sweatshorts as part of this like loungewear order. And I've been very much on the bike shorts Mm. track. And I was like, why have I been sleeping on sweatshorts? So unfortunately, my favorite pair that I got, I got two pairs. One is from Lou and Gray. That's my favorite pair. They're out of stock, 
we'll link them. I hopefully like, I don't know, people return them or they'll come back in stock because I would really like more pairs. But then I also found a cheap pair on Amazon that are kind of great and they come in literally every color. So I'm currently wearing purple ones. Oh, okay. I love sweatshorts. I don't know why. I haven't owned any since high school. It's the way to go. Tell me yours. What are you obsessed with? Mine is this orange, like burnt orange dress from Amazon that I bought on a total whim as part of my online shopping extravaganza. I just kind of expected to hate it because I've had almost no luck with Amazon clothing, but I love it. It is so comfortable. It looks great. I'm saving it for a special occasion, which may or may not be a trip to the headquarters of a certain candle brand (laughs) in the weeks ahead. So stay tuned for that. (laughs) Yeah. Intrigue mystery. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting fall. What have you been reading this week? So I've been reading a lot at the same time, so I haven't finished anything except for this book called Reclaiming Body Trust by Hilary Kinnevy and Dana Sturdivant. Apologies if I messed up either of those names. They're a therapist and a dietitian. Basically, this is like an anti-diet culture book about how to feel okay in your body and around food. And it's just been exactly what I needed in this moment. And it's really impactful, really interesting, lots of cool research. And I've gotten a lot of questions about it on Instagram. So um, highly, highly recommend. Interesting. Yeah. This, I'm not, you know, I'm not a nonfiction person, but this makes me want to check it out. Yeah. I think it's worth it. I find it so soothing. Um, I think you'd like it, but tell me what you're reading. I also have read a lot this week. So I finished Now is Not the Time to Panic by Kevin Wilson, and that comes out in November. It is just one of the weirdest little (laughs) books I've ever read. It's 250 pages, really short, about these two kids in a small town. It's set in the 90s, and they, like, fall in love, and they make art together, and they accidentally cause a satanic panic. And, like, as one does. It was so unexpected. It was so well done. I want everyone to read this. Hmm. Sounds great. So I adored that. And then I thought that I was going to get into some like spooky season reading. I'm not really a spooky season person, but I, I was screening this as maybe a potential October book club pick. It's called The Very Secret Society of Irregular Witches by Sangu Mandana. It is about a witch who takes a job becoming like tutor for three young witches. Very strong house in the Cerulean Sea vibes, if you liked that. At this house, there's kind of like a ragtag group of of people who are taking care of these children who she falls in with. It was very sweet. It had very cozy vibes. Like Mm. it's not a mystery, so it's not a cozy mystery, but it was just very cozy overall. Oddly, it takes place over Christmas. Oh, which I was not expecting, I guess, because it's the the solstice or not the solstice, the hmm. whatever that's called. Yeah. So interesting, but still good for spooky season or. Yeah, because it, it has the witch part and it, what, it didn't lean too heavily into Christmas, but I was like, that's a weird choice anyway. Hmm. Yeah. So if you like cozy witch books, totally up your alley. Then I started How to Fall Out of Love Madly by Jana Casal. Not positive I'm pronouncing that right. And I didn't realize, but this is the same author who wrote this other weird little book called The Girl Who Never Read Noam Chomsky that I loved a few years ago. And I've seen a lot of um, places comparing this as 
Sally Rooney for people in their 30s, which I think so far I've only read about 60 pages is dead on. Um, I haven't finished it yet because I had to put it down to pick up the next book, which I'll tell you about. But I'm very curious, Olivia, to get your thoughts on this because the pages open with somebody so candidly talking about their body image in a way that I have completely felt but never seen expressed on paper before. Oh, wow. I think a lot of it has to do with like poor body image is is one of the key themes as I gather. It's about two roommates who are in their early 30s and they have a third roommate who's a man move in. And I think they both have like crushes on him is, is kind of the plot as I gather it. Mm-hmm. But I'm very curious if you end up reading this what your take is. Okay. Yeah. I'd I can love see to read you either it. loving it or hating it. And I do not know which. Okay. Well, that makes me want to read it immediately. So I will put that at the top of my list. But I had to put this down because I got like, this makes it sound like I'm special. It just like came, my pre-order came in the mail of the final gambit by Jennifer Lynn Barnes, which is the third book in the inheritance game series. I like crushed this series on a vacation last year, the first two books. So I was super ready for the third. It's basically like, if an escape room were a book and there's also teen romances. So, <laughs> wow, that's a lot. Um, so, yeah, so I'm reading that right now and I have not had a lot of reading time, which I'm pissed about. So I'm definitely going to finish it this weekend. Okay, great. And if none of those appeal to you, reminder, our September book club pick is Killers of a Certain Age by Deanna Rayborn. I am so excited for everyone to read this. It just came out this week. It came out on September 6th, and it's about a group of four female assassins who are retiring from the assassin biz, and as they are on their retirement cruise, they realize that they are being targeted by a member of the organization that they work for is trying to kill them. It's a comedy thriller, has a lot in common with with Finley Donovan, like tonally, And it's just so fun and unexpected. I've never read anything like it. Loved the writing. It's really interesting about how we perceive older women in our society. I haven't read this yet, but I'm really, really looking forward to it. If you want to talk to us about any other TV recommendations, you can join us in the Facebook group at Bad on Paper Podcast or on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram at Olivia Mentor. And I'm on Instagram at Becca M. Freeman. And that's all. Bye. See you next week. You can guess and I'll open it as you're guessing. Hold on. Wait, can I ask like, I don't need like 20 questions, but can I ask like five questions to help me guess? Sure. Is it an accessory? Not exactly. No. It's kind of the main event. Is it a cowboy hat? No. Are you ready to see it? Yeah. Listener, it is a corn on the cob costume. (laughs) Okay, so this was another impulse purchase yesterday. I had this idea just to (laughs) surprise Jake. When are you doing it? I think tonight because we're going to drinks. I know he's going to be like, okay, can we go? Can we go? So I'm just going to walk down the stairs in it. These are the things that keep me going these days. I'm going to cut the tape there. (laughs) 